Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. On today's show, we take a look at Vicki Ward's Vanity Fair article on Jeffrey Epstein from the early 2000s. Ward became the first person to really pull back the curtain on Epstein's vile activities. Through her investigation, we learn about multiple teenage girls who were recruited by Epstein and his friend, Ghislaine Maxwell, to give Epstein special massages that quickly escalated into sexual abuse. We'll tell these victims' stories and how Epstein managed to intimidate and manipulate Vanity Fair into changing Ward's final publication. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought there was no way in hell Ian was going to be able to wrap this up in two parts, stick around. You're absolutely correct. This is Necronomapod. You're screaming on the inside and you don't know how to let it come out. And you just become this numb figure who refuses to feel and refuses to speak and refuses, all you do is obey, that's it. And eventually it led to, well now we're gonna experiment and we're gonna try you with another guy and see how you go. So they sent me to an island with a professor and, and I basically had to do what I did for Jeffrey for him. So it's very private. It's the perfect world for a billionaire getting away with what he was doing. He could hold big parties there and, and have huge orgies there and nobody would have any idea what was going on because it was so quiet and so protected. COVID vaccine is uh, really kicking our ass, huh, boys? Yeah. It's not fun. Mm-mm. Rough couple weeks here. <laughs> yeah. We all got it a week apart yeah. pretty much. Well, something. Dave had his second one last week, and it, it knocked him out for a few days. Yeah. You had your second one this week, and you're currently knocked down. Yeah, I'm not feeling great. You guys aren't giving me much optimism for next week when I get mine. <laughs> no. no. I don't know how you're recording. I, I was in bed for three days. I was fucked up. Forcing myself. I could oh, not have third. forced myself if I wanted to. That was bad. But I'm a big pussy when I'm sick, so maybe maybe it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm going to sleep as soon as I get home. So. And I think next week we're going to record uh, the day before mine so that yeah. we'll get it done and Epstein 3 out of the way. 
and uh, saw that smart. Dave. Had a little little beer spill there. I did have a little beer spill. Um, I uh, get, we're, we'll do uh, Epstein three before my shot, so in case it does knock me out, we'll have that ready to go. Yeah. We're trying to get ahead of it, but damn, that second dose, it's yeah. a doozy. It's not great. At least for some people. I know other people are getting through it just fine. It's hot and cold over and over again. Well, no, that's just Cleveland because it snowed today. Yeah. It's fucking the end of April. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw next week it's going to be nearly 80 degrees. So it's true. And I had to go to the store today. And uh, I'm like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> Brushing off my fucking car in uh, the end of April. First of all, you're outside in the daylight. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Second, there's snow. Third, all your raccoon buddies are probably like, what the fuck? It's snowing. We're freezing out here. So, all right. Well, that's what we're dealing with over here. Ian's powering through, though. On top of the ghost of Epstein knocking us off of iTunes here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we had a little hiccup with iTunes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone actually noticed. Like, I wonder if we had any people messaging or uh, commenting. There's some big shows that are not not in the system currently. And they have a glitch on the back end. So we think it was Epstein's ghost. He doesn't want this to be heard. I don't know. He's pissed at us. <laughs> Which one's from the Scrooge thing? Which one's like the shitty one with all the chains on and stuff? The ghost of like Christmas past? Is that which one it is? I don't know. Marley? I don't know. That's what I picture Epstein in my head, having all these <laughs> chains on him. <laughs> Coming back, just being like, fuck these guys, and just like putting like a bug in, in Apple iTunes or whatever. I think it's because they they're starting that Patreon kind of thing where you can charge people for extra content through Apple. Mm. So they're random, randomly just picking some of our episodes like, no, nah, you got to pay for this now. <laughs> <laughs> We're just completely down, basically. That's it's not even there. Unless you were already subscribed. I to mean, if you're, yeah, yeah, if you're already a subscriber, which I'm, I would imagine most people listening are like, it still shows up and you can download it. But if you search us, what well, our show doesn't come up and then the episodes are listed. But when you click on them, it says like offline or something. Yeah, that's it. Promised Land's gone, too. Someone doesn't want us to be heard. They're trying to shut us down. <laughs> Must be doing something right. So, all right. Well, let's dive into it. The media wasn't paying any attention to Jeffrey Epstein other than financial publications. And they just bought whatever bullshit he told to them. He brought attention to himself by flying Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, and Chris Tucker to Africa for an AIDS charity in 2002. And this led to Vicki Ward digging into Epstein for Vanity Fair in 2003. Uh, Ian, I told you, it's a charity event. No hanky-panky at all. Charity event. Stop looking. Stop poking around in there. Before we get to Vicki Ward and Vanity Fair, we got to rewind back to 1999 and introduce Virginia Roberts to the story. Uh, one thing to note with Virginia Roberts, that is her real name. She's very vocal. And she's one of the main reasons Jeffrey Epstein was eventually held accountable to some degree for his crimes. There's a lot of underage victims that are now women whose names were changed or redacted in books or police reports. Uh, so we're just going to go with the alias that were used in those reports and stuff. I'm sure you could probably find some of their names, but I don't think we should out these women. Leave it to them to tell their own story for some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. Good call. Uh, a quote from Virginia's 2015 statement filed by attorneys. I grew up in Palm Beach, Florida. When I was little, I loved animals and wanted to be a veterinarian. But my life took a very dif different turn when adults, including Jeffrey Epstein and his close friend, Alan Dershowitz, began to be interested in having sex with me. 
I don't love that quote. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, that sets the stage kind of for what we're going to be talking about the rest of this time. You know, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach, Florida, is about two miles away from one of Epstein's mansions. Um, and as you would expect, it's very expensive to be a member of the club at Mar-a-Lago, costing $200,000 to join and then $14,000 in annual fees. That's our 2022 Patreon uh, membership tiers, just so everyone knows. Is that right? <laughs> become successful. We're going to be a real high-end podcast. That's what they have to pay to be a, be That's a member. the different tier. Yeah, you have to first 200000 to become a member of Patreon. <laughs> and then our lowest level is fourteen k. You get a shout-out. Oh, and then from that's a good there, deal. It goes up. Yeah. Oh, so we don't give them anything extra. Just kind of well, the same just, deal. Like fourteen is like the now the one dollar tier. Oh, okay. Twenty thousand is the five dollar tier. Fifty thousand ten dollar tier. Oh, podcast for the higher end class of society because <laughs> they don't, you know, they don't get a lot in life. Okay. Very good. Epstein was never an official member, but Ghislaine Maxwell was, and as a result, Epstein had full access to Mar-a-Lago with her. He just got to walk down Jizz Lane right in the front door. <laughs> Mar-a-Lago turned into a place that Epstein and Ghislaine would look for girls to prey on. Until 2008, one of the victims told her father about how Epstein invited her to his house to pay her for a massage. Then Epstein asked her to undress. This girl's father went directly to Donald Trump, which resulted in Epstein being banned from Mar-a-Lago. But the police were never notified of what happened. It was just all swept under the rug. Imagine being that girl's father. That takes a lot of restraint just to go to Trump and not just take matters into your own hands. Being that pissed yeah, off and, yeah. you know. It leads my mind to wander to, hey, we don't need this. We don't need this pre like bad press like that. Mm -hmm. So he won't come back again. Well, I just meant from the father's standpoint. But I, I feel like that's how the he would calm Trump could have possibly calmed the guy down. Oh, I dad see down. Yeah, yeah. In between Epstein first being known to have preyed on young girls at Mar-a-Lago starting in 1999 and his ban in 2008, in 2002, Donald Trump said, quote, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. At 15 years old, Virginia Roberts got a job at Mar-a-Lago as a changing room assistant. At the time, she was kicking around the idea of wanting to go to school to be a masseuse after high school when she was approached by Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine asked her if she wanted to start learning to be a massage therapist and offered to help her down that path. The following day, Virginia's father dropped her off at Epstein's house to start and was told one of Epstein's employees would drive her home. Inside, Ghislaine led her upstairs to a spa area where Epstein was already laying naked on a massage table. And this following quote is from court filings. Miss Maxwell then took off her own shirt and left on her underwear and started rubbing her breasts across Jeffrey's body, impliedly showing Virginia what she was expected to do. Miss Maxwell then told Virginia to take off her clothes. The minor girl was apprehensive about doing this, but in fear, proceeded to follow Miss Maxwell by removing everything but her underwear. She was then ordered to remove her underwear and straddle Epstein. The encounter escalated with Jeffrey and Miss Maxwell sexually assaulting, battering, exploiting, and abusing Virginia in various ways and various locations, including the steam room and the shower. At the end of the sexually exploitive abuse, Epstein and Miss Maxwell giddily told Virginia to return the following day and told her she had, quote, lots of potential. 
Epstein paid Virginia hundreds of dollars, told her it was for two hours of work, and directed one of the employees to drive her home. What did she tell her dad she was going over for, that he would just drop her off at this creep's house? To the... The massage, the right? Mas- like, from Ghislaine to learn the whole massage thing. Isn't that weird? Like, you're going to some mansion with some lady when you're 15 to learn massage? It's just odd. I guess, but if it's... Well, she... So maybe he just sees it as like, oh, they're another affluent couple and they're going to help my daughter out. Maybe there's a, there's a, a trust there that, oh, it's going to help advance her career. I mean, look, I mean, you still would take some precautions, I'd imagine. But yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of the stories um, of these of these people who were abused. It's like he has so many connections. He's a billionaire. He can you know, get me exactly where I want to be in life. And it drops people's guards down. So maybe it's not necessarily about the masseuse stuff. It's about getting connected to these guys. Yeah. For future, uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, future I mean, contacts. Yeah. And we'll see. Like he always is promising these girls, or at least ones that he likes a lot, that he'll get them into colleges and stuff, pay mm-hmm. for their education. Well, he taught at college without a degree, so <laughs> knows how to pull some strings. Virginia continued to go back to Epstein's for multiple days, and eventually Epstein and Ghislaine started to tell her that they wanted her to travel with them and they would pay for her education. And Epstein would get her hooked up with someone so she would be, quote, set up for life. Virginia was flown with Epstein between his New York and Florida mansions, where she was sexually assaulted by Epstein multiple times a day, between 15 and 16 at this time. Good God. And this is a quote from her, correct? Correct. I was trained to be everything a man wanted me to be. It wasn't just sexual training. They wanted me to be able to meet all the needs of the men they were going to send me to. They said they loved that I was very compliant and knew how to keep my mouth shut about what they expected me to do. As time progressed, Virginia was basically living with Epstein and Ghislaine. According to Virginia, Epstein made it very clear without directly saying it that she would be harmed if she ever said anything about what was going on. Epstein would tell her stuff like, quote, I can get away with things. Uh, In these court documents, Virginia went on to say, When I was with him, Epstein had sex with underage girls on a daily basis. His interest in this kind of sex was obvious to people around him. The activities were so obvious and bold that anyone spending any significant time at one of Epstein's residences would have been clearly aware of what was going on. In addition to constantly finding underage girls to satisfy their personal desires, Epstein and Maxwell also got girls for Epstein's friends and acquaintances. Epstein specifically told me the reason for him doing this was that so they would owe him, they would be, quote, in his pocket, and he would, quote, have something on them. I understood that Epstein could get leniency if he ever got caught doing anything illegal or that he could escape trouble altogether. All these fucks like Prince Andrew, who, you know, claimed to have no knowledge that any of this was going on. I don't believe it at all. Mm-mm. Not for a second. No, I, I think that what she said is probably 100 percent true that yeah. anyone who spent any probably not even significant, at least a couple times hanging out with him knew exactly what was going on. Have to. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, and that's the second theory as to where he got a lot of his money. Last week, we talked about that Ponzi scheme with Stephen Hoffenberg. Uh, this is the second theory is that he would have these powerful people set them up with underage girls and then uh, be able to hold it over their head. And so he would like use that uh, 
like for blackmail to get money from them yeah or, or or would he charge them for the women like and kind of like prostitute them out yeah it's kind of or it's kind of a gray area there well i guess this whole story is kind of a gray area <laughs> yeah. so i'm just yeah. speculating but good old egg dick huh that's <laughs> what i was thinking like the girl walks into the room he's laying there naked and it's fucking a hard-boiled egg just sitting on his pelvis I still can't. That blew my mind when you said, like, <laughs> no, it looks like an egg when it was flaccid. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? The, the one deposition, they specifically said he has a deformed penis. Yeah. I think we talked about that yeah. last week. He was not happy. Did you end up watching that clip? No. No. It's pretty funny. Was it? That is don't back down. And you could like, see his face. Like I've seen some of those, but yeah. yeah. Like Ian said, he gets he's so smug. And then they start asking him about that. And like you can almost see the color change in his face. <laughs> and he just looks at his attorney, takes off his microphone, and walks out. I didn't know you could just walk out of deposition. Yeah, like see that. you later. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing. Is that an option? When you're, <laughs> when you're Jeffrey Epstein again. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, that's, that's the second theory as to where he mm. acquired all this money. I, I think... After we get into the other two theories as the series goes, I think there's going to be, it's going to probably be a little bit of every aspect of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He probably got a little bit from that Ponzi scheme, a little bit doing this. Makes sense. Yeah. Back in 2002, that trip to Africa with Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, and Chris Tucker was proving to be a misstep for Epstein because he was now on the radar of the general media. And that's when Vicki Ward from Vanity Fair started digging. Vicky was pregnant with twins at the time, but she was a relatively new journalist and she wasn't going to pass up working on this story. Epstein refused to give her a formal interview, but he did invite her to his New York mansion for tea and to discuss the article. This is how she detailed her experience of going to his mansion. This is the Manhattan place on the Upper East Side? Right, the biggest place biggest in, one in the city. Yeah. Okay. The entrance hall is decorated, not with paintings, but with row upon row of individually framed eyeballs. These, the owner tells me with relish, were imported from England, where they were made for injured soldiers. Next comes a marble foyer, which does have a painting in the manner of Jean Dubuffet, but the host coyly refuses to tell visitors who painted it. In any case, guests are like pygmies next to the nearby twice life-size sculpture of a naked African warrior. Guests are invited to lunch or dinner at the townhouse. Epstein usually refers to the former as tea, since he likes to eat bite-sized morsels and drink copious quantities of Earl Grey. He does not touch alcohol or tobacco. Tea is served in the leather room, mm -hmm. so-called because of the cordovan-colored fabric on the walls. The chairs are covered in a leopard print, and on the walls hangs a huge oriental fantasy of a woman holding an opium pipe and caressing a snarling lion skin. Under her gaze, plates of finger sandwiches are delivered to Epstein and guests by the men's servants in white gloves. Upstairs, to the right of a spiral staircase, is the office, an enormous gallery spanning the width of the house. Strangely, it holds no computer. Computers belong in the computer room, a smaller room at the back of the house, Epstein has been known to say. The office features a gilded desk, which Epstein tells belonged to banker J.P. Morgan, 18th century black lacquered Portuguese cabinets, and a nine-foot Ebony Steinway D. Grand. On the desk, a paperback copy of Marquis de Sade's The Misfortunes of Virtue was recently spotted. Covering the floor, Epstein has explained, is the largest Persian rug you'll ever see in a private home. So big, it must have come from a mosque. Amid such splendor, much of which reflects the work of the French decorator Alberto Pinto, 
who has worked for Jacques Chirac and the royal families of Jordan and Saudi Arabia, there is one particularly startling oddity, a stuffed black poodle standing atop the grand piano. Quote, no decorator would ever tell you to do that, Epstein brags to visitors. Quote, but I want people to think what it means to stuff a dog. People can't help but feel it's Epstein's way of saying that he always has the last word. Okay, jackass. <laughs> a lot Stuff of- his ass and his, his <laughs> victims can each have him for like two weeks a year. They pass his ass around. Stuff your ass. I, can we can we start referring to lunch as tea? Like, can I text you guys? I'm like, you guys want to grab some tea? Uh, sure. It's very high class, I feel like. And I do. I am a fan of finger foods and like a light lunch. Hmm. You know, like you make a hot pocket and cut it up real small. It's like finger foods. It's really elegant. Not good. I mean, I can get on board with the Earl Grey tea. I do like some Earl Grey. Yeah. I don't know about this whole having people deliver you stuff while they're wearing white gloves and shit. I don't mind it. My uh, grease from my hot pocket will get all over those gloves. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them I don't want a plate. Put that right on your hand and serve it to me. I, you know, I was telling Angie about... Uh, the how the hallway had a bunch of uh framed eyeballs and i was like it's super fucking weird she was like no that actually sounds really cool because she has all those uh (laughs) all the death books and all that stuff what was weird for me he's he said they were made for injured soldiers what does that mean like they were given to soldiers they're like prosthetic eyes like fake eyes oh i see which i thought they were pictures of individual eyes they were actually prosthetic eyes I see. I uh, unused, hopefully. I, who the fuck knows? What the fuck is going on there? <laughs> he probably would like it better if they weren't. Yeah, it's all fucking odd. I see. All right, that makes more sense. I was thinking they were framed pictures. I sat there and tried to really think for a little bit about what it would what what should what would it mean to stuff a dog? I couldn't really come up with anything. Like you just stuffed your dog because you were sad that it died. I guess. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? I don't understand. I know what people that, do that, right? I mean, it it happens, right? (laughs) To make you like tough guy. Oh, I'm scared of you. You stuffed a dog. Like, is that what it means? I don't know. Like, I'll stuff you if you double cross me. I don't know. Yeah. On Scrubs, they have a stuffed dog, Rowdy, that is their pet. They have the entire span of the show. It's (laughs) hilarious. So to me, it's just like funny. I'm not intimidated by that. You could do better than a poodle. Come on. (laughs) Well, it's just really odd because he never had pets. At all. So, it wasn't so, even so, his he just, dog. so you think no. it implies he took someone's dog, killed it, and stuffed it? I mean, I honestly can't figure it out. He's really fishing on that one. Yeah, I, I'm not going to see, I walk into someone's house, see that, and be like, oh my God, I'm so intimidated by this person yeah. now. I might think you're a little weirdo, but. Right. I, I would probably just look at him and be like, huh, yeah. there's a black poodle up on that piano. Right. It's weird. All right, I'm just going to keep and walking. And then go back and be like, hey, why the fuck do you have all those eyeballs in the hallway? Because yeah. that's what I want to know. Or that du- twice life-size statue of a naked African warrior. Let's talk about that a little bit. It's fucking absurd that that mansion's even in New York City. Mm-hmm. Like something that big would even be located in New York City like that. That would fit all that stuff. Crazy. This guy. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Vicky wasn't going to be charmed by Epstein or just fall for the same thing journalists had for years. 
like this whole thing that Epstein is just this mystery man of money and, you know, all his great philanthropy stuff. She was the first one to bring light to all the financial stuff we talked about in part one. And as you can imagine, Epstein wasn't happy, especially with what Vicky was hearing about young girls. As Vicky worked on the article, Epstein would call her all the time to see how it was going, but would never give an official interview or make it seem like he was cooperating. Epstein was obviously talking to people he was close with behind the scenes because very wealthy and powerful people were reaching out to Vicky to speak instead of her having to try to get them to go on record. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Hey, just call to see if you wanted an interview. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, we can do tea and, you know, have some BLTs and talk. On the record, of course. <laughs> right. Willing to help as much as I can. Jeff's a great guy. <laughs> well, he's probably calling people like, uh, hey, can you call Vicky Ward and tell him how awesome I am or I'm going to release that tape of you fucking the 13-year-old? Yeah. You know? This, this, is, this, this is, is probably what happened. Exactly why he did that. Yeah. He wanted that insurance. Yeah, because she was contacted by Bear Stern CEO, Jimmy Kane, who didn't just call her. He gave her a tour of the office and talked about how Epstein had outgrown Bear Stearns. Like he was doing too good to still be at Bear Stearns, but he didn't bring up that whole Reg D violation, which was the real reason Epstein left. Among others that we talked about in part one, she was contacted by former Bear Stearns CEO, Alan Greenberg, and Elbrand CEO, Leslie Wexner. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the Epstein book that I bought that night or the night that I before it was supposed to come out and I'm like oh it was Wexner god damn it I had it spelled two ways so stupid get a text from Ian blow it the fuck up I know we're going from 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 ground up uh, do it live <laughs> I know so I said I'm glad you guys are calmer than I am because I'm like fuck it we're just gonna delete that whole episode <laughs> No way. <laughs> um, both of them said what people had been saying for years. Epstein was a model for the financial world. Wexner said Epstein was a genius for his, quote, ability to see patterns in politics and financial markets. Was he still actively running his company at this time? He had a hand in all that. Yeah. Mm. I think at this time he was um, was when he was actually managing Wexner's property mm, over in okay. New Albany. He's the one that owns the top floor of every mall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie, all that shit. Yeah. Like, that's a huge red flag, number one. Like, Bear Stearns CEO isn't going to take time out of his day to call her, yeah. bring her in and give her a tour, be all friendly with her. And that guy... He doesn't do that for anybody in his life. <laughs> no. <laughs> his kids can't get a tour. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But all of a sudden, Vicky Ward's on mm -hmm. like the who's who's list right. of financial people. VIP treatment. In her later article, she said that things got a little darker when all of these men wanted to know one thing as their conversation went on. And that was, quote, what is the nature of the piece? And, quote, does it have this aspect in it? According to Vicky, the this aspect meant many things, including Epstein's philanthropy his interest in biological mathematics, his well-known friends, and the women he associated with. That seemed like the big one was the yeah. women. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were real interested if the piece was about his love of biological <laughs> mathematics. Well, he's yeah. a real wizard, Dave. It's really sexy for the front page of Vanity Fair. <laughs> 
They're very proud of his accomplishments, Dave. Why are you belittling that? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just asking the questions here. So, I mean, everybody just, you know, came off like they loved Jeffrey Epstein until Vicky got a hold of Stephen Hoffenberg, who was the CEO of Towers Financial. And at this time, he was still serving his 20 year sentence for that $450 million Ponzi scheme. Yeah, he but he running. didn't love Jeffrey. I was <laughs> no. going to say, he probably was reaching out for very different reasons than everyone else. He's like, fucking please come talk to me. I have some shit. Hoffenberg told her about the whole thing we talked about last week with Epstein not having a moral compass and said that Epstein doing the trip to Africa was a huge misstep and that Hoffenberg always told Epstein to, quote, stay below the radar. Got tons of poon on that trip. Wasn't a mistake at all. Shut up. <laughs> Through Hoffenberg, Vicky found out evidence of the Reg D violation. That was the real reason he left Bear Stearns. And evidence showing Epstein didn't just work for billionaires like he had told everyone. There were many clients that he worked for that weren't billionaires. Not even close to being billionaires. When Vicky presented Epstein with what she had found out about his financial past, he didn't really care. He just kept asking, quote, what do you have on the girls? I bet. He didn't give a fuck about that Reg D violation. Yeah, Reg D? What? What's a Reg D? <laughs> what do you got on the girls? It didn't mess him up back then. It's not going to mess him up now. He's like, <laughs> right. whatever. His buddy went to jail for it, so that's yeah, over and done with. clear. Yeah. And he's a lot more powerful now than he was then, so. What? Also, let's be honest. I mean, when you're comparing the two, what would you be more worried about? Oh, I yeah. mean. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you're being a piece of shit fucking around with all these kids, yeah, I'd be yeah. more concerned with that, Pally. What Vicky ended up having was three on-the-record accounts from a family consisting of a mother and two daughters about their experience with Epstein and Ghislaine. The first daughter at the time was 16 years old and met Epstein through her artwork. Epstein and Ghislaine bought a piece of her artwork and promised they could give her a workspace and help her be successful in the art world. That, that's a really interesting thing to hear her retell that story or her, you know, how things went down for her because it was her first time being in New York selling art like that at a show and she sold a piece for a lot of money and she was like, you know, really excited. And then the woman that was running the art thing was like, my friends would like to buy that piece of artwork and you're going to sell it to them for half the price. Yeah. You know, you're not selling it to this other person. You're selling it to them. And trust me, it'll be worth your while. So she sold it. She why? Was, why the half the price thing? Let the kid make some money. You're worth fucking all the money in the world. What the hell does it matter? You're going to pay it a little extra for her art. Because they're going to give her show. a workspace and hand but her the world. <laughs> why not? Why not just do that and make that your pitch anyways? I don't understand this This whole, I'll pay you half. Motherfucker, you, you have the money. I don't think we're talking about upstanding. He's a dick. Yeah. Just a smug fucking asshole. You see it on his face, like the videos I sent you. Yeah. Every, every picture of him, he just looks like such a piece of shit. Just a look on his face. I just almost feel like he would be like a power move, though, and pay way more than she's asking just to kind of like you know, flex his financial muscle and be like, here's what I can do. I'll give you this. Now that I have you in my good graces, mm. here's what I can offer you. Yeah. And it's just weird. That's, that's another odd thing here. The younger sister who at the time was 14 years old was sent on a trip abroad paid for by Epstein that would give her experience to go to an Ivy league school eventually, which she did get into an Ivy league school eventually. Um, their mother trusted Epstein and thought that with Ghislaine being around, there wasn't anything to worry about. Like, there's another woman involved yeah. with this. So uh, Epstein pulled the same thing we talked about earlier with Virginia Roberts. 
turning massage into a sexual assault, first on the older daughter, then the younger. When their mother found out about it, she wanted to go after Epstein, saying, quote, At the time, I wanted to go after him. I mean, physically, mentally, you know, in every way, shape and form. And the advice I was given was, you know, he is so wealthy, he can fight you. He can make you look ridiculous. He can make your daughters look ridiculous. Plus, he can hurt them. And that was the thing that frightened me was that he would know where they lived and could possibly just send somebody when they walk the dog at night or something around the corner and we'd never hear from them again. Not wrong. Again, I give her credit for being, you know, level-headed and being able to hear somebody and and not act. Your first instinct would just be, you know, kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And then he does have the money. He could could turn it around and make you look like a fucking idiot, like, you know, our fucking dipshit Nexium who used his money to make everyone who came after him look bad or exploit them. Fucking knee pad king of the world. (laughs) I mean, when you have Epstein level of money, you could destroy anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Without even thinking about it. Hire a private army. Just wait till we have fuck you money. Just wait till we have that. (laughs) Who are you going to ruin first, Dave? I don't want to ruin anybody. (laughs) Stop it. That's not very nice. This guy's got a fucking list somewhere in his pocket. I have no such list. I'm all about peace, man. Ian's list is just anyone who throws rocks or hurts his raccoon buddies. Yeah. Let's keep a list of them. <laughs> People are mean to them. And we're going to buy Skinwalker Ranch and go through that yeah, portal. That's, that's what, what we're going to do. I would be doing cool stuff. <laughs> fucking around. I, I, I'd pitch in on that and go buy Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. 100%. If I had, awesome. If I had that much money. You know, like enough that like you didn't even know what the fuck to do with. If Mike had a million dollars, <laughs> if Mike had a million dollars, it's going to cost a little more than that. <laughs> Hear me out. I'd want to own a residence in every state just to say I have it. And I, really? can, and I can go anywhere I want that. It's, like, it's a little I, excessive. But you have the money like it, it's it doesn't matter. Mm. That's what you're going to call excessive. Not eyeballs on a wall just because a stuffed fucking poodle. I want to I want to own something like, you know, property or a residency. It could be an apartment. I got an apartment in Manhattan or something. Hmm. Every single state. Oh, I would have an apartment in Manhattan. Sure. Sure. But I I would not have a villa in Mississippi. I I don't need that. Sure. I'd fucking buy the city of Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a ranch out in Wyoming. (laughs) And I got a, a, you know, a cabin up in the mountains in Colorado. Just want it all. I'd like that. I got a little hut on the beach in Hawaii. Got an, you well, know, I like that too. I got something, you know, some kind of cool mansion right on like the icy waters in Alaska. Be badass. You're really talking me into this uh, <laughs> scenario. We want to go halvesies on these? I think I might. <laughs> yeah. I feel as if we would never even cross paths having 50 <laughs> residents. Where are you at? I'm in Colorado. I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> like, oh, hey, when I was in Colorado, I think I left my toothbrush under the sink. Can you pick that up for me? I'll meet you back in Ohio. <laughs> Because I haven't brushed my teeth in eight days because <laughs> I spent all my money on all these houses. I can't afford a toothbrush. <laughs> I don't know. It'd just be something. It'd be something stupid, but it'd be cool to do if you had that money. Obviously. Sure. I'm with you. You convinced me. I'm a convincing guy. Yeah. So when uh, when Epstein got word of of the two girls and her, their mother, Epstein told Vicky, quote, just the mention of a 16 year old girl carries the wrong impression. I don't see what it adds to the piece, and that makes me unhappy. Oh, you are a unhappy widow boy, Jeffrey. <laughs> That's exactly Fuck what I thought. Here. <laughs> makes, that makes Jeffrey very unhappy. <laughs> Who was it that talked like that? 
uh, Elmer Fudd? No, no, no. Oh. One of, remember? Uh, oh, one of those assholes from Oklahoma City. The guy's yes. son who ran Elohim City. That's right. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. And it was, it's crazy. Yes. It is straight Elmer Fudd. He's like, I only like white people. I'm a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. The guy was awesome. So that was about a year ago we did that. Yeah. That was May. It also kind of sounds like uh, Gary Ridgway's child. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> you're just busting all of Dave's greatest hits tonight. I forgot about that white supremacist guy. He was great. He was awesome. Now that's whenever I hear Elmer Fudd, that is exactly what I think. White people are so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had that quote of him talking about mm-hmm. comparing interracial relationships to like breeding dogs. It's like, no, nope, that's, yeah. that's not yeah, the same that thing, pal. Um, after this, Epstein started harassing Vicky. And more specifically, Graydon Carter, the editor of Vanity Fair. Epstein had made it past security at Vanity Fair just showing up like he could prove like to prove that he could. He made lots of passive aggressive threats, like asking Vicky where she was going to give birth because he knew a lot of doctors in the area. Like passive aggressive threats enough to scare her to where she paid for extra security at the hospital. When she was giving birth. Wow. Yeah. That tells you something about the severity there. Yeah. Like her, straight up harassment and mm. like not just saying, oh, where are you having? Because I have lots of doctors like that side talking on the side of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Yeah. According to Vicki Ward, others at Vanity Fair and private investigators, Graydon Carter found a single bullet outside his house. Then a few weeks later, the severed head of a cat. As the story was set to be published... Graydon Carter pulled the statements from the three women for the following reason. I respected the work Vicki Ward did at Vanity Fair, but unfortunately her recounting of the facts around the Epstein article is inaccurate. There were not three sources on the record, and therefore this aspect of the story did not meet our legal and editorial standards. Let me guess, Vicki did not agree with that assessment. No. <laughs> She she said it, it crushed her. Mm. Like she put in all this work. Yeah. You I'm know, got these women to, and it was very hard for those women to speak out and like say, yes, I will go on the record and yeah. tell this story because they had, that was 97, I believe, that the art thing happened with those girls. Mm. And, you know, now we're in 2003 and they had kept quiet about it this whole time. Probably still scared, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and Graydon Carter was just like, says no that none of that ever happened like still to this day Mm. and when other i think it was vox wrote an article about it one of the people at vox about their time there and that something got pulled kind of similar and he came back and said no i've never done anything like that it's like just it's like just man up to it Mm -hmm. he pulled it because the guy was threatening you yeah i I mean a dead cat's head outside your door i don't know freak out a little bit and just knowing how powerful the I guy guess. is. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sitting here talking shit like I'm... Uh, I'm not saying he was right to do it, but... <laughs> I don't know. I guess when you're in the world of journalism, it's kind of your job to do that shit, right? Like, you're signing up to do that. Yeah, you gotta... Support your your team that's going out there putting their lives at, in danger you for you. Your fucking shitty magazine. Once the story was published and the dust kind of settled, Vicky gave birth to her twins prematurely which she attributes to the stress of the whole process of writing the article. Months later, when Vicky was ready to go back into the world, she got dressed up to go to a party. When she went outside to leave, Epstein was standing on the sidewalk, sucking a lollipop, and said, quote, Vicky, you look so pretty. What creep. 
Yeah. Weird. Like somehow he just knew, like probably got word from somebody. Yeah. She was going to a party. Just wanted to throw that little extra intimidation. In what there. a creep. All the names going forward for this next part are going to be aliases besides, obviously, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and some people. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> and some people we talked about last week, like Sarah Keller. Um, but all these, uh, all these people are underage, like, you know, 14, mm. 15 years old at this time. So in February 2005, Mary was just the average 14 year old teenager living in a lower middle class neighborhood across a bridge from where all the mansions in Palm Beach, Florida are located. Mary had been dating her first real boyfriend named Joe. And through Joe, she met Joe's cousin, Wendy Dobbs. Through Wendy, Mary was told about an old guy paying big money for massages, saying, quote, This guy in Palm Beach, he's rich, very rich. He has an airplane. He owns an island. Is this story from later depositions as well? This is from um, the probable cause okay. warrant or whatever to search his house okay. in 2005. Asked and answered. <laughs> Boom. One day in February 2005, Wendy picked up Mary with an unnamed girl sitting in the front seat. They drove to the mansion in Palm Beach and Wendy told Mary that they would wait for her and said, quote, When he asks how old you are, say 18. Wendy walked up with Mary to the gate, told the guard they were there to see Jeff. The guard let them in and they were directed to wait in a kitchen area. Jeffrey Epstein came into the kitchen and looked at Mary like he was trying to decide if she was good enough or if he was interested. Then he and Wendy walked into another room. Keep in mind, like like I said, this is Wendy's also the same. These are 15, you know, 14, 15 yeah. year old kids. A little while later, Epstein came back in and instructed his assistant, Sarah Keller, to take Mary upstairs. Is this the one that's married to the NASCAR driver? Yeah. Sure is. Do all NASCAR people like do human trafficking like that? <laughs> Sarah Keller is not a NASCAR driver. Oh, she's just married to one. And she's the one who claims she knew nothing about this, right? To this day. Mm -hmm. She's taken this girl up to a, a room filled with, well, we'll get into that. We'll talk about it next week. There's an unnamed minor that we're going to get into her uh, police report, like her statements, the search warrant and stuff. There was a fucking pad of paper with Sarah Keller's handwriting on it saying, so-and-so couldn't come today because she has soccer practice. Mm. I think we mentioned that last week. Yeah. God damn. Along, I think I said it last week too, along with uh, Donald Trump's number and David Blaine's number on that same pad. So I can't remember what we talk about quite on the, the air and off the air. So <laughs> Quite yeah. the piece of paper there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sarah took Mary up some stairs that were carpeted pink, and as they walked down a long hallway... This hallway had pictures of young, naked women hung all over it. Uh, like, at most, they would be 18 years old, mm. which we'll get into that next week. Sarah led Mary to a room that had a massage table, a green and pink sofa, a wooden chest that clearly had visible sex toys in slash on it. Like, there was, you could see them inside, and there were some on the top of it. Sarah then told her to wait that Epstein would be in soon. After a little while, Epstein walked in with nothing but a towel on. So gross. It's disgusting. That egg cock. <laughs> I need to post a picture for one of our social media posts of so just a picture of an egg. <laughs> it's just an egg. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> when I've been talking about this at home, I'm like, these are teenage kids, uh, you know, but I kept calling them children. I'm like, this is a fucking child. Yeah. 
then it popped in my head about Stanley in the office when he's yelling at Ryan <laughs> for his daughter. It's <laughs> like, that is a child. <laughs> Have you lost your damn mind? Because I'll help you find it. And then they cut to like the, uh, the talking head of Ryan and he's just terrified. He's like, Stanley yelled at me. <laughs> he's like, pointing, like, that is a child. <laughs> That's like early season one, no? Something like that. It's early on. Season bring, two, what, maybe. Season two, because when they bring bring your child to work day. Yeah. And that's when Toby brings his like sweet daughter. And it's like <laughs> the only time Michael likes anything about Toby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I felt like that when I was getting all fired up about this. I'm like, this is, we're talking about a fucking child here. You're going to be fucking but. Stanley cutting the promo <laughs> someone. Um, a few weeks later, after her first time with Jeffrey, friends at school started noticing that Mary was really withdrawn, like something, something was off with her. There were rumors going around her school that girls were getting paid to go give an old guy massages. Like these, these rumors were going around between the kids It never reached adults. It was something stuff gets around. That's yeah, what happened. And it was something that all the kids knew about. Yeah. Mm. Didn't know what was hey. going on. Just that there was this creepy old guy paying for massages. The whole massage thing is so weird. It's just the code name massage. for us. We'll talk about it next week. What those massages actually entailed. Mm. There wasn't much, much massaging going on. Mm. Gives massages a bad name, Dave. It does. It's a medical practice. Yeah. I've only had one massage my whole life. <laughs> I'm not big on being touched. Yeah, I never but had But they are one. very relaxing. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I've never had one. I have no interest in laying there letting somebody just rub all over me. It's not bad. I mean, it feels pretty good, but I get it. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of being touched in general, but. Kind of the same way. You know, and then you hear stories like this, it just gives it a bad rap. Yeah. Well, and then what the other fucking scumbag or whatever the patriots owner oh, getting get a handy Robert down in Kraft. jupiter florida the, yeah, the i'll allow you to badmouth him now because tom took his talents elsewhere yeah, yeah. all those girls Robert that were trafficked Kraft, yeah. in from where, no. like china or somewhere i was hoping someone would leak that video before the judge <laughs> said that they could destroy it yeah. no well he's got more money than everybody yep so these rumors were going around and it went through the grapevine that Mary had gone and a girl called her a whore. This led to a fist fight between the two girls, which landed them in the principal's office. This is not a great area. You know, they have police officers at the school and stuff. And we're going to see in part three, Jeffrey Epstein preyed on girls that were from broken homes and very finance, like very lower, almost poverty, you know? Well, of course that, that was his prey. That makes sense too. So when Mary's purse was searched, the principal found $300 in 20s. You know, and and I said that this is not a good area. They had had issues with underage girls sneaking into strip clubs to strip. Mm. So that was a first thought. But then it wasn't in ones and fives. It was in 20s. So then they thought drug dealing. Like, was she dealing drugs or something? She was selling weeds. Probably. One one weed at a time, maybe. Just, ten dollars, get your weed. A one of, weed for a bag ten dollars. Here's, hey, can I offer you some weeds? <laughs> Give you a good deal. Hey man, <laughs> are you the guy with the weeds? <laughs> Again, like the office when Michael tries to frame Toby with the weed, and he buys the uh, like what is it like a caprese salad from one of the like Bob Vance's workers and thinks it's weed. <laughs> I could literally take anything we ever talked about on this show and just make it go back to the office. Well, that's true. And that's yeah. really why I show up every week. <laughs> to try and squeeze that in. Yeah. Even if I don't say it out loud in my head, I have office references ready to go. Yeah. I just don't always say them. Fair enough. 
So they brought in a school counselor to talk to Mary to try and figure out, you know, what's going on, specifically the the drug thing, because that was the first thought with, with all 20s. Um, then Mary started to talk about everything regarding an old guy in a mansion that paid for massages. And that is where we will pick back up um, part three. Oh, you're going to make everybody <laughs> wait. Yeah. Uh, in part three, we'll get into Mary's experience, uh, the investigation, and everything else. I'm going to try and get this done in part three. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be five parts, is what he's Seven. telling us. It will not be, I will not do a, five, a fifth part. I'll get it done. <laughs> and what's interesting is that for like the first time ever, we already tentatively have a May schedule done. Yeah. You're about to fuck all that up. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, for sure I am. We'll see. <laughs> Some good May subjects coming up. We have a fun May. Yeah. So I said, next, I said, lightly, on part one, I said that it was going to get pretty, you know, shocking and disgusting. I mean, this is shocking and disgusting, but part three will definitely be shocking. We will get into some pretty graphic stuff and how he got away with it pretty much. Slapped That's on, why everyone's here, right? They want to hear that. Slapped on the wrist for that shit. Should have been slapped on his egg dick. <laughs> that should have been the punishment. Scramble that we're egg. Gonna, right? We're going to crack open that egg. Palomino. Was that on Patreon where we were talking about this? And we were saying Google egg, egg-shaped egg dick or whatever? Yeah, on the uh, on the episode that... Well, I, I guess it's out now, right? Yeah. The, the Melonheads uh, bonus episode. Yeah, by the oh, time yeah, this yeah, comes out, yeah. Uh, we, we, we kind of spent like half the episode talking about Epstein. <laughs> yeah. It was like a bonus episode on Epstein. We didn't spend that much. We spent mm-hmm. a, a few minutes though, having some fun, but you know, when you Google that, it's just all pictures of Jeffrey. Well, cause I think we were joking. Like, what if you just Google egg dick and it's just pictures of Epstein and then it fucking is pictures of Epstein. <laughs> there is no, like no medical photos of the deformity known as egg dick. You just got a weird dick, I guess. It happens. I guess. So. Well, I think that's one of my rant about how everybody's got an ugly dick and yeah. I applaud any man or woman that's willing to look at them, touch them or do whatever to them. Good for you. You're the real heroes of uh, <laughs> this world. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Ian, what else? You got anything else to wrap up for this episode? Any last things to get off your chest for this one? Uh, I don't think so. I think it just kind of continues to paint a picture of what what you're able to get away with when you're in certain financial positions. Oh, which is what you're, yeah, you know, you're able to manipulate and intimidate people and just kind of have, well, even the way he, he, you know, like we talked about with uh, making sure all of his friends were well taken care of just so he would have that over them. Right. To use. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's more evidence of that. We'll talk about next week. Vicki Ward kind of got her, um, her redemption from having all that pulled and all that threat stuff. She came out with an article in 2015. It was like titled, I tried to warn you back in 2003. Damn. That Jeffrey Where was that release? Was that, that wasn't through Vanity. She released that herself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Why don't you interview her, Ian? See if we can get her. That would be cool. We'll let him do it because you don't have luck getting a hold of our people. (laughs) Still waiting on Casey Anthony, right? (laughs) But Ian will get a hold of that cult that died 30 years ago. That's right. (laughs) I actually had a hot take on Casey Anthony that I'll save for part three. If Epstein, I was thinking about it today. I was really? like, I was roasting Casey in my head for a minute. How dare you? <laughs> it's just uncalled for, yeah. quite frankly. <laughs> the justice system played its role and we saw the, the end result. And yeah. there's no need to harp on that. <laughs> what did her mom say? 
that God, whatever the decision was, was what God wanted it to be. So that was that. Well, that's every, every day, <laughs> everything, whatever God wants. When you let go and let God, you trust that every decision yeah. is made with a certain path in mind. It works. Everyone knows that God speaks through the Florida justice system. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm done with that. You're, and I'm choking up over here. I'm teary eyed. That's beautiful. Oh, I think that's going to be my tattoo when I get, we get to the 500th show. God speaks through the Florida justice system. It's right? not a bad one. It's going to start at my shoulder, go down my tricep, <laughs> behind like the underside of my forearm and end at like right up my, okay. my wrist meets my hand. It's going to be one of those under tattoos. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what I'll get. God speaks through the Florida justice system. Hell yeah, he does. Just ask anyone in Florida. <laughs> right. Dave, you got any final thoughts on part two? I know I'll save judgment until the final episode, whenever that might be. <laughs> so we'll hear I'm that. Le I'm leaning July, towards him being guilty, though. July 2021, you'll give your final <laughs> thoughts right. when we wrap this shit up. <laughs> That's right. Thus far, you're very upset, though, about the bad rap that massages are getting as well. That's why we'll get a massage. That's what I'm saying. But, like, the you know, these guys hide their sexual exploits behind the term massage, and now, are you know... You can barely go out about town saying I'm getting a massage without people thinking you're a petter ass. Hmm. That's a good point. Do you remember when uh, I curb your enthusiasm when Larry's getting a massage <laughs> and she's like, do you want me to finish you off now? And he's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Thinking she just meant like end the massage. And she just started jerking him. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. He's stunned. That's a really good one. That was when Cheryl was seeing a psychic and said that he was cheating on her with like a blonde with a tattoo or something. Right. And that's who the masseuse was. <laughs> Ian, watch the damn show. You'll get these references. I know. What's it on? I say that. I'm the guy who's watched no movies and you guys talk right. about them. HBO. It's on HBO. And the whole thing. All There's 100 episodes, right? 10 seasons, 10 episodes. Yeah, that's right. A season. All right. Uh, well, so we'll be back next week and... Probably the week after that. Probably. The week after that. And then finish it up the week after that. With then be uh, back Jeffrey. the week after that. <laughs> with something else. <laughs> it's a never-ending journey. Hopefully iTunes is fixed by now. It is, actually. I just looked at it to pop, oh, pull up my uh, nice. reviews. All right. We got some patron shout-outs. Thank you very much to Curtis, Ronnie underscore McDonnie, Bridie Hazard, Vic, Torin Schulthus, Bethany H., Batgirl, Lauren, Matt Skelly, I Lost the Game, Jordan Funk, Brandy Cox, Whitney Exley, Ivy Barbosa, Colin Corden, Red and the Bald Man, Mason, Daniel Perry and Aaron Rulker, Carol Burrows, Ramon Shaparo, Lacey J, Al November, Molly Wentz, and Simone Valente. Thank you guys very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Appreciate your guys' ongoing support. Dave, you got anything else? I don't have anything, no, Mike. Thanks for asking, though. I think I skipped Ian. Usually I go to him first. Oops. Okay. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for JDKD, Oh Me So Funny, 0410, AWBH2, and Marissa May 666. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Much appreciated. Uh, we are at necronomapod.com. Check that out for all of our official social media sites. They are all available there at necronomapod.com. We have merch available at amazon.com and search necronomapod. All kinds of new uh, shirts and logos available and all kinds of uh, different styles. You can get t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, tank tops, hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts. Did I miss anything? 
I think that's probably it. That's it. Anyways, check it out. It's not Amazon. Search Necronomapod. Make sure the official seller of that product is Amazon. Otherwise, it is bootleg. A lot of pirates out there, Mike. There is. You know what you can do? Bastards. If you Google Necronomapod and go to like images, there are hundreds of sites selling her stuff. I know. Yeah. Nothing you can do about it. I mean, you could. It's just, I mean, you take so much time submitting everything. And if they get shut down and, you know, some of those sites probably aren't even going to last a couple weeks. They're just, they get taken down because it's all fucking bootleg. Yep. But I guess. Don't do that. Buy from only Amazon. This is, you know what this is from? It's, it's karmic payback for Ian on Napster for, you know, 15 (laughs) years ago, stealing all kinds of shit. Stealing all music. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Napster. Napster Ian. (laughs) I figured out how to download 4K movies, so. The pirating is going to get intense. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I was a LimeWire guy. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of viruses in LimeWire. Probably. Yeah, LimeWire is a good old days. Download something. I was... Napster was before me. Like, I never mm. used Napster. I used Napster. Also, briefly. what was the... Kazaa? Yeah. I use that a lot. Yeah. K-A-Z-A-A? Mm-hmm. Ian's like, oh, yeah, for sure. I use that one, too. And I use this, and I use this, and I use this. And when this one failed me, I had this computer going on this. Those ones would be like trying to download a video of something or whatever. And then people would just change the file name, and it'd be something really fucked up. Yep. Not at all what all you were trying to download. Time. <laughs> Do you know how many times I tried to download Nickelback? And it would end up being like a picture of Pam Anderson's tits. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here with this grossness. I want Nickelback. Uh. Like, when did this audio file change to an image? And what am I looking at? <laughs> Boom, tits. That's fine. I'm trying to listen to Chad Kroger, not see tits. I want good aesthetics in my life. <laughs> All right. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll be back uh, next week. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.